Welcome to Preston's Super Show. News, sports, and a whole lot more. It's the Super Show, baby. Warning. This show contains material that is only suited for patriotic audiences and people who have a backbone. If you like God, guns, and glory, you're listening to the right show. Sit back or carry on and enjoy Preston's Super Show. gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Preston's Super Show. Thank you for being here. As always, happy to bring you a podcast whenever I can, and I'm really trying to be good about getting one up every week, sometimes two, and really just talking when I feel the need to talk, but we have some important uh, matters to discuss today, so we're going to go ahead and go right into it with NFT games on the blockchain and why that could be the revolution of gaming, the future of gaming, right before our eyes are these NFT games on the blockchain that will reward players with NFT collectibles, non-fungible tokens that can be cashed in for whatever cryptocurrency of their choosing. Now this, in my belief, is a complete game changer from the modern day approach and our current technology on Xbox, PlayStation, and PC, Nintendo, uh, that basically you can earn the game pass on, on some games, which is like now you're speeding up your character development, you're getting all these different collectibles, but none of that is worth anything. And it would be very frowned upon, if not illegal, to be selling your account as well on 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 those games so there's really no way to make money unless you go into tournaments which requires time um in 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 most cases a team um and there's very few games alone that you wouldn't need to be putting in reps with to get into tournaments and, and make money actually playing games now there's a streaming side of it where people want to watch their favorite streamers and personalities. But let's say you don't fall in those categories. Let's say you don't want to fall in those categories. Here comes NFT games on the blockchain technology, which is revolutionary in itself. But for the sake of the conversation, this game I'm referring to is a blockchain-based game that will invite you to kind of relive a little bit of your childhood here it's a trading card game play to earn opportunity for collecting and battling those cards which will be known as nft monsters in this game you know we all remember the days of trading cards i still have a lot of my old trading cards not all of them but a lot from that time period i still was able to hold on to but i think for most people you those were gone before your childhood whether it's baseball or pokemon 
But here's a chance, you know, there's a digital card game now called Hearthstone that's really popular and wildly successful. But when we're talking about games on the blockchain, this is a little bit different. Instead of being rewarded with in-game content, you still will be getting in-game content. But now here's a chance to cash in some of those monsters and get money, actually, for your time played, your time spent here. Um, which allows people that love playing games to play games and make money off of it. And that's a, a really cool thing. Now, Valve has come out strongly against blockchain games. So there's going to be some obstacles before this is fully blown mainstream. And if you don't know who Valve is, Valve owns Steam. Steam's basically what most all popular games on the computer run off of. So without a nod from Valve... They are going to have a slow start as far as popularity. <clears throat> now as time passes, this will change. When it becomes a little bit better recepted, um, then I think you'll see that push for more companies to get involved and get these games out there. And not just this one, but, but other ones as well. Now these characters are going to be called Blockmons. And you're going to be collecting them, battling them, hitting milestones, unlocking rewards. Um, and then you can trade those monsters for a currency of your choice. It's going to be a big community-based game. And it's going to pick up wind. Like, it's coming soon. Now, in the coming months, uh, the article on Cointelegraph says that the official project roadmap uh, also shares the integration of the fight engine and block mons onto the map, a game theme song, and the announcement of one of one block mons will be live shortly. So they're about to announce their first monster. It's a big uh, game in development. Um... And you can, you can uh, really see how gaming is starting to change. And I, I'm really impressed uh, with how with how this has taken off. So I'm really excited for this game. And get ready because this game is coming out soon for everybody. They're integrating this free-to-play mechanism where you're playing and you're earning um so stay tuned i'm going to talk about this more i got my eyes all over this you can find out more not only on cointelegraph.com <clears throat> but you can go to blockmonsters.co again that's blockmonsters.co and you can stay up to date with the game yourself but one last tidbit about this game <clears throat> That I think you'll really like. And this is really funny. On October 15th, they uh, they had released more booster packs um, to kind of get the feel out there and get people interested. But the first booster packs they put out, the first ones for this game, sold out in minutes and are worth up to $20,000 right now. So I'm just saying, 
don't think uh, all oh, oh I play this game I'm gonna make twenty thousand dollars. But I'm telling you that with the wild popularity of NFTs, this is something you want to be in early. Okay, this is not something you want to come back to in five years on this game, right? This is something that right now it'd be a good idea to pay attention to, play slowly, even if you play a little bit. It's it's a way better and and more interesting concept than the typical uh, gaming protocols are now now i have another game for you as well you thought i was just gonna give you one little game and uh, talk your head off about it but no i do my research i do my homework you know some people want to question it but then when they ask for a source or they need to know where it's coming from i can show you not a problem and see a lot of people can't do that they just want to go off of what they hear on reddit or what they've heard from their friend or so and so's ass up so and so's asshole no 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 no, not me i go to actually sources i find the information that's what i talk about nft and gamefi another article from cointelegraph thank you cointelegraph written by Sarah Jansen, she's a smart cookie. The two biggest things in cryptocurrency and the foundation for this new blockchain project. Two biggest things, NFT and GameFi. GameFi and NFTs are paving the way for the blockchain industry. It's building the foundation for all these different creatures, all these different NFTs. It's great. In the world of cryptocurrency, GameFi and NFTs have continued to take the world by storm, the article says. We remember the CryptoPunks. Um, there's so many different ones now. So now it's just a matter of preference for NFT collectors. These online, basically, pictures, cards, whatever you want to call them, that you can have minted to make more. You can mutate. To put more, to put them together to get a better price and uh, a better something, some cooler picture, a more developed, evolved monster. Um, and it is, you know, this article hits the nail on the head. Where mainstream meets niche, and what that means is really whatever group you like, whatever category you like. Maybe you like the apes. Right, maybe you like apes and you're looking for Planet of the Apes types NFTs. Maybe you like uh, cat NFTs or dog NFTs. There's somewhere where you see pandas. I've seen a lot. You know, it's gonna it's gonna depend on value and what the market's looking for. But then, as a collector, you may just be holding on to some, just thinking that they there's an opportunity for that to sell for a ton of money and and make you a nice chunk of change and that's what it's about it's about in my eyes yes collecting because i'm a collector but in a digital sense i'm more interested to sell than collect and that's just me personally um but you're gonna see that innovation continue uh one team to pay attention to and follow to is the griffin art team um they're focusing on all this different innovation, all these different NFTs um, to integrate um, all these different monsters into the games. But there's in uh, another big, big 
boost for crypto enthusiasts and NFT enthusiasts is the introduction of Arc 8. If you don't know what Arc 8 is, it's a platform as well as a game inside of a platform. So it's a platform where you'll be able to hold esports events, online games, uh, basically one versus one, the matches and tournaments, and you'll get these basically like battle bots, and uh, you can level those up. Over a thousand of them in the game, so you can level these up, and basically you're it's a play to earn game. Right, this is a play to earn game. Um, it's gonna kick off when they hold the one on one esports competitions, and it's gonna have a series of group tournaments for the G bots. Um, those are the upgradable NFT game characters, G bots. You're gonna get more functionality out of them as they level up, um, and then you get into exclusive play to earn tournaments. So those will be nice. They came out with a beta version uh, in, in October. And 1.3 million people were on there. And at the same time, this is running through Polygon's technology. So Polygon was, was getting a big boost uh, from this as well. Um, it's something that has been a long time coming for people in the NFT community. Um, as well as blockchain developers. And there's a great roadmap um, for this game as well with prizes and, and just a lot of potential. But it's a polygon-based uh, esports NFT game. And it'll be on the uh, Arc 8 app. So that'll be something to keep your eye on. Um, and that's one that's not getting a lot of coverage. Um, but I found that article on, uh, the crypto reporter. So keep your eyes open for these different games that you can get into and have a chance to actually win money on without spending money, right? That's the key. You're not spending any money. You're spending time, which is very valuable. Um, some would say it's more valuable than, than money because time is money, but it all comes full circle. If you're going to be playing the game, it makes sense to get the the best bang for your buck. So I'll be right back after this. We're going to break down the NFL from this past weekend. What a time um, to be a football fan. It was a a great week of football. We're going to go over that. A little bit of sad news coming out of Las Vegas. And then we'll uh, we'll wrap it up with... uh, the election night in Virginia tonight. All right, I'll be back after this. All right, we are back. Thanks for staying through the break. And what a wacky week of football. Wacky, fun week of football. Let's go over uh, Preston's record right now. 76 wins, 45 losses, looking good. Had nine nine wins from this past weekend out of the 15 games, and it was it was it was good for the most part for me. 
I mean, those nine were important that I picked for you. But uh, the Packers beating the Cardinals. No no surprise there for me, but I, I assume for a lot of people it was a surprise. But I gave you the Packers. You go back and, and listen to that. I told you the Packers would get it. Panthers got the Falcons. Um, that was a, that was a close game. I thought it could be very close. Atlanta at home play tough, but Panthers pulled away at the end. You know they pulled away at the end. I'm still not very impressed. I'm not impressed with either of those teams, but I think you have a team in the Panthers that will at least fight until the end. Miami Dolphins versus uh, Buffalo Bills, and you see in Miami. This is a team that, I mean, come on now. What are you doing out there? They had opportunities to get themselves back in this game. And it just, it wasn't happening. And then here's the Buffalo Bills, 5-2, and two, quietly crushing everybody they're facing lately. And I think with Josh Allen in this offense, it's just it's just too high-powered for most teams. I think they've taken a step forward from last season and they haven't looked back and the defense is is all around solid. They held Miami to 11 points. Really speaks for itself. The Bears, I don't know why I thought they would win that game. Um, I guess because they're at home and they play tough at home for the bulk of their bulk of their season so far. But with the 49ers, here's a team that looks like in the second half they started to get everything going again. It looks like in the second half that this uh, 49ers team started to become a team and stopped playing like a bunch of just individuals all trying to make a big play, a big splash. I think you see the Bears uh, take a step back from here. It doesn't look good for their head coach. He's got to be on the hot seat now. Um, so we'll see. Time will tell. So uh, that was a that was my first miss right my first miscue right there. Then uh, the Browns versus Steelers in a low scoring game makes sense that it's low scoring, but the Steelers defense really came to play. Seems like they play hard against teams in their division and teams just in the AFC in general. And for the Browns, I mean, here's a team that you have a really a. Kind of, kind of a gimme game here, you know. Like you, you beating a banged up Steelers team. A little bit confused of their identity on offense. We know who their leader is, but we're a little bit confused on what they do well. So with the Cleveland Browns, we know what you guys can do well, and they weren't able to do it. That's unfortunate. Not able to run the ball effectively. Um, and then Baker Mayfield making a lot of a lot of mistakes. So I wasn't impressed with the Browns. That's a team to keep your eye on. Um, see how they, they go, uh, which way the ship goes from here. But for the Steelers, that was a game to get right. And uh, they were able to do that. Eagles versus the Lions. Now, Eagles fans are very happy because they've been getting beat down pretty good. I mean, they got five losses and all five of those losses were pretty big beat downs. So here's, here was their opportunity to, to get up against the Lions. And the Eagles um, were able to... They were able to hold it together. Um, and, and just kind of keep piling it on the Lions. 
who never really looked right in this game. And I hate saying that about a team. When I look at this Lions team, they never looked right. The whole game went by kind of right over their head. Then you got the Titans, Colts. And I think at this point, we knew the Titans were the better team. So I give you the Eagles, won that. Then I give you the Titans. They Titans win over the Colts. But a 6-2 and two Titans team now that was going in this game 5-2 and two against a 3-4 and four Colts team. <clears throat> if the Colts had a chance to save their season, it was that, that this game. Now a lot of people are saying, well, Derrick Henry might be out for the whole year. I mean, he didn't really do a whole lot in the, in, the, in this game until the, the defense got tired and he was able to, to make a little bit of room, but it still wasn't much. I mean, Derrick Henry wasn't the reason the Titans won that game. Um, you know, even looking on NFL Red Zone when they would be showing the different parts of the game, I'm seeing the Titans moving the ball without Derrick Henry. So they, you know, surprised the Colts at home. Um, but I, but I seen that coming and, uh, a lot of people did 85% of people picked the Titans in this one. A lot of that's probably Derrick Henry bias, but that's, that's fine. I mean, he is good. He is the elite rusher in the NFL. Then the Bengals versus the Jets, the Bengals lose. They're Bengals are, they either win in close games or they lose miserably in close games. And they lost miserably here. Here's a Jets team that's just some no-name quarterback in there showing up Joe Burrow. That was good. That's funny. No one. That's a story no one's talking about. That here's this freaking guy out of the woods, and he's freaking just showing up Joe Burrow. So hats off to the Jets, man. They they really came out there and put it on them, and even. So many times, like Jamison, like the Jets needed something to go, like something to happen. They were looking a little bit like they were wavering. It looked like their confidence was wavering a little bit. Here's Jamison Crowder. Fucking first down. Hits the ground and shit. Ball comes out. Defense grabs the ball. Here's the Bengals with a great opportunity. They And and it's just like little things like that. They, they why, why aren't you, you know, you got to capitalize on this. And they weren't able to capitalize on the mistakes. 1% of people picked the Jets. So if someone told you they picked the Jets, you you better make sure they're not a, li- a, a, a compulsive liar. Los Angeles Rams versus Houston Texans. Well, what can we really say about Texas? I mean, what is that? What are we looking at? They did find a way to get 22 points. But what are we looking at? What are we seeing with that team? Because <clears throat> I don't see it. There's nothing there. That's a one and seven, bad team, unorganized franchise. Uh, what else can you say? And here's the Rams, dominant team. Uh, over half the teams in their freaking prime, and then uh, here they come down into Houston and just make it their house. I mean, it was it was nothing. They steamrolled this Texas team, uh, but the Texas able to score twenty two points is a is a bright spot. If I'm a Texas fan, I'm like, oh well, at least we got something. You know, we got twenty two out of it. But thirty eight points by the Rams. I told you that. Then the Patriots over the Chargers. Yes, because Belichick on. And I told you, 
on the sh- on the past podcast. Look, Belichick on the road after a win. This is exactly what he needed. He needed to have a win at home, and then now when they go on the road, they're fired up, and they carried. And good defense is going to travel. So you can say what you want about the Patriots, but their defense traveled, and uh, they they put a big stain on the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Now it was a close game. It was close. But if you're one of the 88% of people that was on the Chargers, then it doesn't matter if it's close because you still lost. So for the Patriots, yes, it was close and they won a game that a lot of people thought they shouldn't have. But the Chargers, a 4-3 and team, really not proven. A lot of young talent. I like the receiving core. I like the running back. Good defense. They're going to be a good team down the stretch. Is what I'm telling you about the chart. Now the Patriots, I just know when a team's getting hot a lot of times. And a lot of times I could see a team and how they play and how they win a game and what that can do to a team. Um, and th- that did a lot for this Patriots team. So I think uh, you want to watch out for this Patriots team right now. Jaguars, Seahawks, and... A lot, a lot more people were on the Jaguars than I thought. But the Seahawks came to play. And they just kind of showed you that, yeah, maybe, you know, the Seahawks are not a good team. Still better than Jaguars, though. And that's all they needed to be for this game. So that's something to remember, especially for myself. Like, I remember that now. Like, okay, Seahawks may not be a bad team. Or they may be a bad team, but they're better than Jaguars. They're going to be better than the Texans. They're going to be better than some of these other near-dwellers near at the bottom. Then we got the Washington football team, Denver Broncos. I told you Broncos. Broncos win by a touchdown. Because Washington's just, they're unorganized. It's an unorganized team. And uh, head coach, he's no good on the road. He won't win games on the road. And that's his downfall. Um, and, and you'll see a lot more of that 2-6 and six Washington football team. You'll see that pile on. Then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the New Orleans Saints. Well, the Buccaneers really, you know, on the road, you would have thought they would have they played a little bit uh, stiffer defense. But you see that there's a style of offense that works really well against the Bucks, And that's when you get the ball out in the space. And uh, I think for a lot of guys on the Saints, get Mark Ingram back was a little bit of a, a boost, a, a, a push for this team. But I'm not someone who looks at the Saints team and, and sees a serious threat. So many questions around that quarterback position for me with Jameis. And he's he's hot and he's a hot and cold quarterback. And with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, you know what you're gonna get. But I think what really undid the Buccaneers was a story came out about Tom Brady and his wife having some problems. 
And I think that was why the Bucks lost this game. That's just my opinion, but that, that's what I see. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers was with uh, what's it, Danica. It wasn't that was like one of his weakest years. Some things like that, man. You know, things like that can happen. Cowboys, Vikings. You know, I thought the Vikings at home, I felt pretty good about that. And the Cowboys come in there and, and they just scrap them up. But they, I mean, this is 20 to 16. It was a four point win, but you take them however you can get them. But yeah, for the Vikings, that was, uh, bad for the Vikings. Good for the Packers, right? Because Packers number one in the NFC holding firm after the Bears, Lions, and Vikings lose. So you know that's a trend. friend so pay attention to the trends but the cowboys you know i still think they've had the benefit of a soft schedule i i I think so I, i feel like the cowboys have had the benefit of a soft schedule the one real tough team they played they lost you know so it's like i still think the cowboys are we're getting a little bit of uh two 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 dollar chuck you know what I mean? We're not getting the good meat. We're getting that little $2 piece of nothing, you know? And like, nah, I'm not buying that yet. I'm not buying that beef yet. Then there's the Giants and the Chiefs. Uh, everybody likes Monday Night Football. I said Chiefs. Chiefs win by a field goal. And that seemed right. I'm sorry to say, but that seemed right. About three, two, three points is what the Chiefs were going to win this game by. Why? Because Mahomes is turning it over in the red zone. Um, and there's just too many mistakes in the red zone right now. And the Chiefs can't move the ball on anybody as well as anybody. But the red zone's a different beast. It's like an increased anxiety. You can tell it on players' faces. You can tell it in their body language when you watch the game enough. And uh, you can tell that the Chiefs were just a, ner- a nervous team, even at home. But I think they're more worried about taking the heat from their fans than they are about, you know, anything else at this point. So it was a big one for the Chiefs because they needed a win. I wouldn't call that a get right game. I'd call that just keeping the keeping the ship afloat. That's what they did in that one. And the Giants, you know, credit to the Giants. They come out there and, and, and made it a game. So that's what you want to see on Monday Night Football. So there's the roundup. NFL roundup rundown. You like it. I like it. I like that you like it. And I'm going to go to break, come back from break. We'll talk about a little bit about election night and uh, we'll wrap it up. So there's more than just Virginia on the ballot tonight. Uh, but we'll start there in the wonderful state of Virginia and Virginian affairs here. We're going to choose a new governor tonight, either the Democrat, uh, Terry McCauley, or the Republican, Glenn Youngkin. Uh, I've seen, you know, Fox News said Glenn Youngkin has a slight lead coming into this. We know the polls are generally skewed for the Democrats, but 
they do give a good picture of where the average voter stands. Um, and I say average with an asterisk next to it. But I, this is so much more important uh, than it's given credit for. And I don't get caught up in the partisan rhetoric or the one-sided debate. But I really like uh, this Glenn Youngkin guy. And I like his, I like the business mindset right now. Um, I think in Virginia, they got to be looking around at their communities. You want more of the same, you know who to vote for. If you want change, if you want things to happen and, and the community to move in a positive direction, go with Glenn Youngkin. Obviously, it's up to the voters of Virginia to decide who their governor is going to be. I wish them all the best. I think the worst thing that Democrats and Republicans do is get out there and start claiming victory or start claiming defeat too early. And by claiming defeat, it's like Newt Gingrich saying, and I respect Newt Gingrich a lot. I think he's a very smart man. But when he gets out there and he says, you know, if it's close to Democrats, we'll steal it. That's the partisan rhetoric I'm talking about. I don't get caught up in that. Um, you know, I bat an eye at that, whatever. If the Republicans lose here, if Glenn Youngkin loses, sure, you can go on and argue for days that it was stolen. That's not going to change. You can sing it till the cows come home. It's not going to change the results. What changes the results if an overwhelming majority of Republican voters get out and support their candidate. That's the way they win. That's the way they've always won. That's the only way they can win. Um, we've seen this play out a lot of different ways in other states. Um, but I do think, you know, it's going to be close. I think possi possibly can be a runoff because I think that Virginia has a lot of Democrat strongholds, a lot more than people understand. But it's very important now for the Republicans to stand on their convictions, stand on your principles, understand that this is not the last race to be fought. Understand that after this, our eyes must quickly turn, that there's no time to do a victory lap. If Youngkin wins, let him have his victory. Let him have his victory lap. But for the other Republicans, you need to move on to the other races. You need to start preparing. Because the only way to actually beat this Democrat machine that has taken over uh, state local elections in, in some areas is to get out, make it known that you stand for liberty, freedom, and the pursuit of happiness. And you're not going to let these losers, these ne'er-do-wells, stand in your way of having a good life and providing your family a good life. And that's what has to happen. People got to get out there. You got to get out and vote. If that's the minimum you do, I understand. But there's also other things to do. You can pick up a phone and call. You could write your congressman. I've talked about this and more for years. What I'm telling you is that it's a lot deeper than Virginia, and it always will be. But when we look at this Virginia race specifically, it wasn't very contentious. I think this Macaulay guy is a typical liberal goof. I think Yunkin is 
I don't I don't really see him as a big Trump supporter, a big, you know, Trump guy. But President Trump likes him. So I mean, there's that. You know, he's not kissing anybody's ass. He's not sucking up to anybody. So I like that. And I like that he's gonna shut down the critical race theory. I think that's important. You need to get on top of that before it gets spirals out of control. You know, I think with the critical race theory in schools, it's very dangerous. Not only for the kids, but for people that are gonna have to deal with those kids after school. Um, I think it's, and I mean for generations to come. So I think it's important to get on top of this now. I don't think it's an issue that can we can wait on. I think Glenn Young is right for getting out there and saying what he actually wants to do. And I think people deserve to know that. So I appreciate that aspect of it. Um, but I really believe that some people just want to learn the hard way. I, I believe that. Early voting's gone on for weeks. Um, we know how that is. It's a little bit of a tumbleweed. But New Jersey's also voting on governor. And people got a bad, you know, Chris Christie was one of the worst things that happened to that state. Not the Republican Party. It was Chris Christie. Chris Christie took it on himself to make life difficult for people in New Jersey. Do I do I know how difficult? No, I'm not. No, I'm not from New Jersey. But people that did live there have told me about it. Told me about it when he shut down the bridge uh, for the for the hurricane and and all these different things and uh, just weird weird rules and weird laws and bringing too much of that prosecutor mentality into a government role um, just seemed like it was doomed to fail look at the mayor of Chicago former prosecutor came in to be a politician I'm starting to think that that's not a good combination that that's like a concoction that is just like bad for anybody that it gets near so I'm not going to be supporting prosecutors for um politicians anymore but what I will say is that uh, when you look at overall society in these areas like let's look at the society in Virginia let's look at society over here in um, New Jersey they're dealing with a lot of the same problems business having trouble getting going cost of everything going up And if you don't take a stand and say, well, we tried it their way, Democrat way. We tried it, right? Because Democrats are in control in both places. Tried it their way. It's not working. Gave you time. Can't use COVID as an excuse. Time to to put your big boy pants on. We need answers, right? They can't give you the answers. It's not going to cut it. What has to happen? Change has to happen. People have to change their mentality. They have to approach the situation differently. Can't keep covering with the same approach. That approach didn't work. You go other places with the same approach, it doesn't work, you get fired. Why in politics they, they think they keep coming back with the same line of BS? They can't get fired as easily. That's the bottom line on it. 
But when you look at these races, you also have congressional representatives in two Ohio districts that are up for grabs. That's important. A swing state Ohio. Which, really, is not much of a swing state as they like to make out to believe. Democrats have an eight-seat advantage in the House and control the split Senate. All 435 seats in the House will be up for election in 2022, along with 34 seats in the Senate. That's from the USA Today. I think there's a problem with the school systems finally getting caught red-handed for neglecting the issues that are right in front of them. Which is downright laziness in my mind. I mean, it's laziness. That's lazy. I remember a lot of teachers being lazy. Same lesson plan every year. Same talking point every year. Bore you to death. Nothing exciting, nothing interesting. And then I remember the good ones. You know what they did? They didn't put up with any BS. The good ones, if there was a problem, they got right on top of it. They didn't wait around. And if they couldn't get on top of it, they sent you on your way. Those are the good ones. Bad teachers don't know how to handle it. And end up, it ends up uh, hurting, hurting them more than helping them. And I think now what you're seeing is a disconnect growing between parents and teachers in different school districts. Then they're grilling the Attorney General, Mayor Garland, who, let's be real, he only got the job because he's, you know, Obama's buddy. And because, you know, whoever Obama tells Biden to put in there, Biden will do it. But it's, it is it is deeper than that, but I will say that it's pretty simple to see that the guy who couldn't become a Supreme Court Justice would now be doing everything he can to stall and stop Republicans. Um, that makes sense. I mean, that's just kind of the way... Uh, the wheels turned. Republicans are only beating themselves right now um, by not getting out and not not talking more, and by sitting back thinking that it's just going to blow over is not a good approach. So Republicans need to be getting out there, getting on top of this. And I think Richmond in Virginia has become the epicenter of the controversy and the turmoil. I think Richmond decides a lot of the city of Richmond. Those votes, when they come in, I think that it's going to almost all but decide this race when they're finally counted and we wake up tomorrow. But I think in uh, New Jersey, we don't really know they haven't really let out much. You have to actually go digging for the information on that on that election. I don't know if that's just they they have more emphasis on Virginia. I really don't know. But I would see New Jersey and Virginia as equals, and I would say they're just as important. Um but the Republicans what they really need today what Republicans really need today is a win. A big win. 
And I think Murphy in Virginia. I I think it's I think it's weird if that guy gets in. If he gets back in, then New Jersey's on a you know they're going to be on a bad path. And I think if you get Jack Citarelli, you're going to get somebody who makes quick changes, makes quick changes to how business is being handled, makes quick changes to how interstate commerce is being handled. And I think that is going to propel New Jersey back into a better spot than they're in now. That's my belief. That That's what I believe. So I'd rather see, uh, see a, see a trolley get in there. Um, but we'll see tonight. It'll be interesting to watch. Something to pay attention to. Uh, my prediction is Youngkin wins in Virginia. Murphy wins in New Jersey. That's my prediction for the governor races. The two House seats, I like the Republicans in those two House seats because those areas don't necessarily completely favor Republicans, but they have a better track record in these uh, gubernatorial races. Or just uh, gubernatorial, but also their federal their federal election their federal election of congressmen when they when they're sending people to to congress that is going to be a difficult thing to to kind of change the trajectory of that because it's been going on for so long this way but i think that the two republicans can pick up those seats I think you get in Atlanta with the mayor. I don't know how I don't I don't know how a Republican can win the mayor of Atlanta at this point. I guess there's a possibility, um, but I wouldn't bank on it. I wouldn't bet. I wouldn't lay any money on that. But I definitely am looking at Glenn Youngkin to win Virginia. I think the case is there for him to win. Now in New Jersey, I just don't think there was enough time for Ciotrell. I don't think there was enough time. I don't think he got the exposure he needed to win. It almost feels like the Republicans don't want him to win. I want him to win. I think he's, I think he's, what he says is accurate. Where his mind is, is what I pay attention to. He's not off in the clouds like our president. No, he's on top of his game. But I think Murphy's got the exposure. He's more known. And I think just New Jersey, people, residents of New Jersey are just so so distraught over that whole episode with Chris Christie still I, I really believe that that there's just not much happening there and politically in New Jersey um so I think that when something bad happens in an, in a state like that it sticks around longer than in Illinois where we sent you know three out of the four last you know last governors you know three out of five last governors up to the pen, you know? So, I mean, it's different for us here in Illinois. When we see corruption and crime, it almost comes with the territory, sad to say, but it has in, in years past. And it's still currently with Alderman Burks, uh, being indicted. But I think it's, it's a long time coming for the Republicans to get a big win right now. And, and I think it is, I think, I think there's a lot of, when they talk about pent up, 
aggression. It's a little bit of that, that people are kind of were isolated for so long and they need to make a statement. And it's not even about the candidates anymore. It's about making a statement. And I think that's what pushes Youngkin over the, the edge to win. And then in Ohio, it's a little bit of the same thing. People mad at how federally things are going um, and, and not getting answers out of this Congress. So I think they're going to put those two congressmen back in there uh, for the Republicans. But anything to take, anything to take uh, a swipe at this, you know, Democrat stronghold is a good thing right now as far as the election goes. So it's it's going to play itself out. Again, it's something to watch. We, you know, some of these I don't think we'll know until the morning. Um, but pay attention. There's there's a lot going on, and uh, make sure you get out and vote. If you're in any of those areas or any local elections too that are taking place, make sure you get on top of those. Make sure you're there. Um, it's a lot of a, a lot of decisions that are made now are going to be in a year from now. We're going to have the consequences, good or bad, of those decisions. So make smart choices, ladies and gentlemen. That's all I have for you tonight. Just like the hands of time, I'm turning it over to you. Good night, everybody.